everybody, it's Dave and Darren here for Two Old Bloggers. Have we got a show for you today? We're talking about the latest happenings in Vikings world, which means a whole bunch of rumors because not much else has happened. But we do have those rumors, and we'll see what's going to happen. Then we dive into what will Kevin O'Connell, what will his scheme look like when it comes to tempo? Tempo is an important thing. And we'll go back in history a little bit and look at some of the teams that use different tempo playing to affect a game and win. Then we follow up with our second to last position group roundup. And this one is probably the most important of all, the quarterbacks. And of course, we've got some issues at quarterback and some revolving rumors around such. So let's get started. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, everybody. It's Saturday. Legal tampering period starts Monday. And, of course, that's an hour closer because we go into daylight savings time this weekend. Yay. Um... Alex, the reason that is a long intro is it gives time for people to gather and come from the moment we uh, post the tweet. Everybody has a chance to hop on and get their notifications from YouTube and Facebook and everywhere else. That's why we do it. Now, on to the show. First off, Darren, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dave. It looks like we got like three people from Alberta on the, on the line already. So, uh, hey, <laughs> happy to see uh, some fellow Canucks joining us to talk Vikings football. Always nice. They uh-huh. probably know a hell of a lot more about the Vikings than I do. We'll see. Uh-huh. We will. One of the wants that one of the wants us to get Tyler Huntley as our QB, who I like actually. I like Tyler Huntley. Do you? But okay. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know if I like him enough to be our starter, but <laughs> I like him. Um, Joseph, fellow Canadians. All right. Let's start. Today we are going to start what's happened over this last week. Have the Vikings, or not happened, really. Or not happened. You know, the whole idea of uh, the the thumbnail to this is done anything yet? (laughs) The Vikings sure seem to not have done a whole lot. So, but we'll get into that. And what we're talking about is free agency and getting the Vikings ducks in a row so that they can get under be cap compliant by Wednesday at four o'clock Eastern. And they're going to need some money because hopefully they're going free agent shopping you know, the legal tampering period starts at noon on Monday. We'll see from there. Um, have no idea. But there are a couple things that have happened. Well, one that has happened this last week. Your Minnesota Vikings have re-signed this guy, T.Y. <laughs> McGill. He is a huge de- defensive tackle. <laughs> Yes, I know. It's just, it's amazing. They signed him for just barely over a million, but none of it's guaranteed. 
if you look, and that's hard to see unless you're watching us on a big screen TV, which may be scary, but there's his chart. All those, he came in the league in 2015. He spouts from team to team to team to team to team on the practice squad, basically. And he was on our practice squad last year for a few moments in time. And some of the new people on defense know this guy and wanted him to be there. So they signed him. It's not going to do anything. I don't expect him to do anything. Don't look for him to become suddenly a super stud on the defensive line. But it was something. A very little something, for sure. Uh, But I don't think... I I was kind of thinking about... uh, and. I was wondering, you know, I was a, last night I was kind of feeling a bit, uh, I don't know if uh, concern might be a little bit too strong, but I'm like, like a lot of people on here are already saying, like, when are the Vikings going to do something? Because they have a lot of work to do to get under the cap, even with the cap going up. And maybe, David, you can explain, uh, I think you know this better than me, kind of explain how that works. Like with the cap going up, how that impacts the Vikings if the Vikings have to be cap compliant on Wednesday, even with the cap going up. Well, and the cap going up with the cap going up, we're a little around 16 million over. They've got to get under that by Wednesday, Wednesday at four o'clock. So that means they've got to either get rid of players. You've seen some teams around the league that have already released players. Uh, They have to renegotiate contracts. They, uh, they've got to free it up some way. They, you could do some cap tricks with renegotiations and turning money into bonuses and spreading that bonus payment. You know, the player gets it now, but the team has to pay it out in the future, spread out. There's ways to do that, and there'll probably be a combination of all of those. But the question is who, and the big figure around us is our quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who has a $45 million cap hit. Now, before we, get in, before we get into Kirk Cousins, Rabid, you and me both are watching Twitter by the moment. Um, before we get into that real quick, on today's Purple Daily, and they've been uh, hot and bothered, ready to go live if something happens, Kirk has all the leverage. Time to change. Uh, we'll see. Um, but Purple Daily this morning, Judd and Phil Mackey were talking about the tweet from this kid, Justin Cohen. I haven't a clue who Justin Cohen is. He's got a great handle, Bad Boys of Scoops. He writes about all sorts of stuff. He says, uh, speaking with a member of the front office, I don't know if he did or not. I don't know who he is. Vikings are about to blow things up. That's interesting if that is indeed the case. Yes, we need money to sign draft picks as well. You're correct, Brian. They've got to get, it's usually around $5 million-ish under. Yeah. And you figure $10 million under the cap just for the padding. And that's not signing any new free agents, and we know they have to do that because there's no way to fill all the holes via the draft. Yeah, the Dave, I don't know if you're you're wanting to talk about this tweet. I was I was going to dive into like the 
what we have and haven't done in so far as far as getting rid of players, but uh, carry on with uh, well, Dewey's I, I, tweet I, here. We'll get there. Today at 1.20 p.m. Central Time, Doogie puts out this tweet about Aaron plugged into the Texans. Aaron Wilson, our own Tyler Fornis, met him down at the Senior Bowl. He is a reporter. He is a blue check type, or even though he doesn't have it, he is involved in the business. And if he says that, uh, and he's down there for the Texans. If he says Deshaun Watson trade market expanding rapidly, yes, due to the uh, the no findings verdict by the grand jury, and all that means for those that don't know the legal process is that uh, there wasn't enough evidence presented for indictment and likely prosecution, and the pro- prosecutor. Um, could have brought more evidence if he had it or didn't. It gets real hard. And he said, she said type cases. And he was uh, basically relieved of any criminal responsibility. He still has the civil court, which has a much lower standard of um, evidence. But we'll see what happens. Well, that basically means... There's also the NFL, Dave, who have – we're not sure what their standard is, but the, but they could – they'll likely – it's quite likely they'll suspend Watson for some period of time. Well, it depends. For, uh, yeah, for the, you know, the, the, not with the code of conduct, the NFL code of conduct. Right. Uh, but the big deal is they may wait because the NFL doesn't like doing anything until they absolutely have to. They may wait for the civil trials to play out. And then do it after that. So if they do wait and say the civil trials come up with, he wins. It doesn't, you know, it really doesn't sound like it. When you get 22 women that are accusing him of basically the same thing, it doesn't sound like it, like that there is enough evidence there. But if he does, they really can't punish him because there was nothing found, nothing he, they're punishing him for what? Being accused. Mm. That's it. An accusation is not guilt. Sorry that people think that way sometimes, but it's not. If somebody accuses you of doing something and you didn't do it, that doesn't mean you're guilty of doing it. That means there's just an accusation out there. Uh, you shouldn't be punished just for an accusation. So we should see if the Vikings are interested, like, supposedly said, or at least called and inquired, which is a good thing. I would hope they do. It's going to be easy because Watson, the football player, is good. He's a top five quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. Watson, the human being, may not be so good, may be worse than not so good. And the question is, would he be worth it on your football team? If he's going to win you tons of football games, get you in the playoffs, make you competitive, does winning solve everything? Does the new regime want to go that route? It's a good question. I I literally don't know. 
What I read today, Dave, was that the, just one thing is that the, the Panthers are going to go hard after Watson. They've, they wanted him last year, and then when the legal issues cropped up, they backed away. And then uh, then they went after Darnold, who they also still have to keep at, at, at a pretty substantial salary cap hit for what Darnold gives you next year. But uh, that's what I read. They've done a lot of due diligence on Watson, so they're comfortable with the kind of person he is. Personally, I would not be comfortable with him if a uh, if a guy has had 22 allegations made. Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't found guilty, but uh, does that mean that the behavior goes away? Uh, it, it's something you'd really, really have to look into. Right. And I'm sure that the Vikings Vikings would, because you don't want to trade a guy and you're and and then uh yeah there's no questioning deshaun watson's talent you talked about it top five top Mm -hmm. ten quarterback in anybody's uh books but if uh of course the most important ability is availability and if you aren't available to play you don't do any team much good so um a lot of a lot of concerns with watson and uh you know and uh and uh he's going to command a pretty uh, the texans are going to be not looking to give him away either uh, so he'll take quite a price, but it, it it adds to the to the quarterback intrigue in the NFL, and it also impacts the market value of our current quarterback, number one quarterback, Kirk Cousins, I think, and what we could get for him if we're looking to trade him. Um, so a lot of stuff going on uh, for the Vikings uh, behind the scenes, in particular. Not a lot of stuff has happened, as we mentioned so far, with the Vikings. They got some work to do to get under the cap hit. I think the the fact that we haven't seen them do anything other than the huge T.Y. Hilton. Uh, the, the, T.Y. McGill. Uh, yeah, yeah, T, yeah, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, T.Y. McGill signing is that uh, I think that kind of speaks to the like the, the complexity of the Vikings situation and who they would be getting rid of or, uh, you know, trying to trade. We've looked at you know, there was uh, the tweet that went out or there, there was. Uh, social media posts that talked about the Vikings were open to trading all of their high price veterans. Well, all of those high price veterans have, uh, are not, uh, have some issues with them. Feeling over 30, been nicked up high salary cap uh, hit mm-hmm. uh, this year. Well, what are you going to get for him? The, the Browns just, just got to uh, look like they're getting Amari Cooper and all they gave up uh, for a guy who's 27 years old and probably younger and a little bit better than Thielen. They gave up a, they traded a fifth rounder and they swapped six rounders. So if you were thinking you were getting a third rounder or something for Thielen, well, that ain't happening now if you're trading him. You, I don't know. If you look at Thielen's uh, injury history lately and his age, uh, you might get only a sixth or a seventh for him. Do the Vikings want to do that? Uh, Daniil Hunter in his prime, but he's basically barely played the past two years. Two years. Opposing teams, opposing years who want to, who are interested in him, are going to look at that and use that as leverage when they approach the Vikings for a trade. If they have, and there was rumors that the Bills offered a third and a fifth for Hunter this year, that was something Drew Bunting, who is watching here, mentioned <laughs> earlier in the week. You know, I'm not trading Daniil Hunter for a third and a fifth, but nope. apparently that's what the, the Bills offered, and maybe they're that's the best that the Vikings are getting. Again, is Quasi Adolfo Mensa uh, want to do that? I don't think so. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he's in his prime, but running backs aren't really valued that highly as they once were anymore. Kind of a haul are you going to get for him? Kent, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, two guys who are 30 and over, again, and, and hold high salary cap hits. Do teams want to give up a whole lot for players who are – 
at that age, usually in their decline and aren't cheap. Right. So, and then there's cousins, who, which we will talk to later. So I think Quasi Adolfo does not want to start his regime. Yeah, he's got to get the Vikings under the saddle, get them cap compliant. Yes, he, he wants to, I think they want to move some guys and blow things up. But you don't want to be giving guys away if, at 25 cents on the dollar either. And I think that's the issue right now is I think he and the Vikings front office are trying to get the best deals they can. And it's taking a while. And that's okay because you don't want the Vikings to do to trade a fourth rounder for somebody like Herndon. Herndon. <laughs> yeah. Get you four catches for like 25 yards and a touchdown. That's not what you want to do. We got to get we got to get rid of calf space. Yes, uh, there's some and there's some, we do have some trade pieces, but let's get the best we can get for them. And I think that that is really what Quasi Adolfimenza is, is wrestling with now. And uh, but we are going to see, I think, some big shit go down in the next three or four days with the Vikings. And we have to be prepared that some of us are not maybe going to be not all that happy with what they have done. But long term, I think. I'm confident that it will end up being uh, for to the betterment for the Vikings. Well, I do too. Now, to continue with what's happened so far, there have been phone calls to Kirk Cousins. Uh, I've heard the asking price, immediate asking price from Quasi was two first-rounders. All right, some teams don't have those, i.e. the Colts. Uh, I hear talks with the Colts are ongoing, but they obviously don't have a first-rounder this year. Uh, can they negotiate from there? Sure. Are they real? Don't know. I mean, it all depends if Kirk Cousins, and we know Kirk Cousins is all about Kirk Cousins and getting paid. Uh, I've also heard the Vikings offered him an extension. He turned it down, and the extension was uh, well worth a large pay raise and some void years to get the cap numbers down he supposedly his rep turned it down so i think the front office is a little perturbed over that they might go to look elsewhere and and if you have teams like the colts calling that that two first rounds is a starting point don't get all hyperventilated over oh my god nobody's going to give us two first rounds for it um it's a starting point and we can hopefully meet in the middle no matter what we can trade Kirk Cousins, whether he likes it or not. Now, whether he signs a an extension at Team B, right, that trades for him, that's a different story. He's got the leverage then and say, no, I'm, I'm just playing out this year, and then I'll hit the market. Well, if he does that, that lowers the amount of return we get for trading him, most likely, because he could say, hey, Colts, we'll take him. And he goes, well, I'm only playing for the year. And then the Colts go, well, there goes your two firsts. I'm going to give you a second and a first, a third and a first, or whatever it is, you know, a first next year, da la 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 to pay for him. And, and the cost comes down. Or the Vikings go, how about if we pay half his salary this year? Then we're buying that uh, draft choice or putting a down payment on it that we would get. Both those work. We shall see what happens. There were a couple other rumors for players coming to Minnesota this week, or that they're targeting. Do you remember what I said to you? Well, I remember one for sure, and that was Akeem Hicks. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, 
if anybody's watched this show over the past year or so, uh, and every time we play the Bears, they know that I think Akeem Hicks is probably the Vikings' offensive line's worst nice worst nightmare because that guy completely annihilates our interior every time he plays us. I love him. Uh, I think he's a great player. Uh, but uh, again, the same with the Vikings players that we talked about that the Vikings need to get rid of. Uh, the Bears, who are blowing things up over there, they got rid of Eddie Goldman this week too. Another guy I wouldn't mind the Vikings taking a look at actually, but uh, and he'd be cheaper cheaper than Hicks. But really, you know, Hicks is a guy he's been missing games quite uh, regularly the past two three years, over thirty as well, and probably still has the reputation and the play when he's healthy that he's going to command a salary that's that's still quite significant. And I don't know if. It, it, we'll see if the Vikings can can pay it. But uh, I love Akeem Hicks. I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Uh, and if you add him and the new three four defense, I think that's a great starting point for the for the Vikings offseason plan. I just don't know again uh, if the Vikings uh, are going to consider the 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 rewards are worth the risk as far as what they would pay him now. He's probably going to get like a two or three year deal, and, and right. most of it'll most of it'll be funny money that he'll never get, uh, no matter where he goes. But uh, but uh, if you're asking you're asking me if I'd love to see Akeem Hicks as a Viking, just the fact we wouldn't have to play him two times a year is enough for me to want to resign that bastard because he's been just a nightmare for the Vikings offensive line to deal with since he's been with Chicago. Mm-hmm. And and Seawise asked does. That the Mac trade, uh, Cleo Mac went to is going to the Chargers. Does it affect Hicks? And my answer is exactly Drew, Drew's response. No, Chicago is blowing everything up. They are starting fresh. They are getting rid of all sorts of veterans. And, if and you, I don't think I don't think Hicks wants to be back in Chicago either for whatever reason. He he, he basically said all last year, yep, this is my last year. See you later. Thanks for the memories. Uh, I won't be a bear again next uh, in 2022. So uh-huh. I think he's moved on in his mind as well. And if that moving on ends up uh, leading him to Minneapolis, uh, I will not complain. <laughs> Joseph, if uh, Bradbury has to practice against Hicks every day, he's going to have a nervous breakdown, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we'll find out. And the other one is Corbett, the guard from LA. They were targeting is the other and guy we, yeah. that we have a rumor of. Which, we don't know. They can't act upon. We won't hear squat until Monday at noon officially when the legal tampering and they go, we've agreed to a contract, you know, but they can't sign it until Wednesday at four o'clock at the earliest. So that's what we're doing. Another, and that's another signing that I would be totally on board with. It makes sense. We've mentioned it a couple of times in this show that uh, Corbett was a potential uh, Vikings target because of the fact that he plays a a position we really need uh, start, uh, a good player at right guard, and and B just as importantly is he's got a, a, a O'Connell knows all about him from the last two years being with the Rams and running the offense and Corbett being being the starting right guard there. And you talked about how Corbett could be almost a coach on the field for the Vikings offensive line and teaching them 
the old, you know, the offensive line system right. and how they're they're going to run things there. So there's a lot of things to like about Austin Corbett, uh, along with his play on the field and what he could do for the Vikings' offensive line off off the field and in, in getting them ready and acclimated to what O'Connell and the Vikings' offensive uh, um, staff want to do with the offensive line in 2022. Andrew, we've there's been no personnel moves on the Vikings yet. Except for signing T.Y. McGill. But Pierce is certainly one of those guys that's considered likely to be somewhere else other than Minneapolis in the next month. Yes. Now, let's move on to our next subject. Before we, we do, however, I want to bring up our partner, our beverage quencher, um, thirst quencher, Lake Monster Brewing. We're see. not jacking Gatorade either, Davey. Nope. As you can see, producer Dave's got a new hat. And I love it. And producer Dave's also drinking. Latest sample. It's hard to see, but it says Lake Monster Brewing. This is one of their ex- Skull. experimental uh, mini crawlers, growlers, whatever. It's uh, 750 milliliters, and this is Empty Rowboat IPA, right? And I'm uh, sorry about the – there we go. It's, got, it's only 6.9 ABV, but it's got an 80 IBU on it. And an 80 IBU means it has more of a bitter uh, flavor, as in an English bitter ale or what they're – they were called that in England back in the day when I was there. It looks similar. It's got that coppery color. It tastes like it. Very, very good. It's a little dry on the palate, which I like. And you keep the pint glass in your left hand, and you have your darts in the right, and it is the perfect balance for a fantastic day, night, whenever you want to enjoy a great beer. And it's from our partners at Lake Monster Brewing. Dave, when you're playing darts, did you ever get to, did you get the shout out 180? Yes, I did. I was not bad. (laughs) I was the only Yank on my pub's team. And we'd go pub to pub to pub to pub to pub and play. And I was one of the few Yanks that was decent enough to play. And I was the only one on my team. And I learned to play and get good because we played for pints. And that's the way to do it. Um, Now, from there, we move into, you wanted to talk about things that happened at the Combine. In particular, Kevin O'Connell and what he was talking about there and how it may affect the Vikings. Yeah, the... I wanted to talk about one thing he was, he had his, pre, he had his media availability at, at the combine last week. And uh, he got asked as I would expect any good reporter to ask a new head coach who, especially an offensive minded one was what was his offensive philosophy going to be for the Vikings in 2022. And he said a few things, which we'd heard about, but he talked about one thing that it was a little thing that he mentioned, but something I thought was a big thing uh, for the Vikings. And he talked about, ways to attack the defense and uh, using tempo as one of those tools to attack um, opposing defenses. And that got me, uh, that really caught my ear because 
if you've watched and everybody who's on watching this show right now are Vikings fans. So they've, and, and a lot of, all of them are probably all diehards. They watch probably every Vikings game they can, mm-hmm. they can possibly watch. So they know what a Mike Zimmer offense has looked like in the, in the eight years that he was with the Vikings and a Mike Zimmer offense, Vikings offense was very methodical and deliberate in the tempo that they use. They got, they huddled up all the time. They do, you know, let the go to the snap count, let it go to the like one or two seconds. Then they'd hike the ball and away they go. And they do that over and over and over. It was rare that they sped it up. Yes. Rare that they sped it up. If you watch Sean McVay's Rams teams and O'Connell was the offensive coordinator the last two years, you'll see that they, if they think that the offense is in a lull or they feel that they need a, like a pick me up, they will increase the tempo like on a dime at the snap of a finger with no warning. And I love that stuff. And I think that it's, I think that it's a great way to attack defenses. Uh, and uh, when I was a, uh, coaching basketball high school basketball and not at a high level but uh i hated facing teams who pressed you uh who ran the fast break like the the, who always put you on the defensive and made you feel panicked and i think that when an offense goes up tempo and they're really good at it they create a lot of mismatches they create a lot of panic and and you know require fast thinking that defenses are not ready for you know it creates uh, it, it prevents the defense from bringing in the personnel they need to uh, to combat what the offense is doing uh, i think it, it creates a, continues to create a lot of mismatches for the offense against the defense and if the vikings and O'Con- kevin o'connell is going to use more up tempo I think that I would like to see that happen a lot with the Vikings offense in 2022. One of the the things that we've complained about a lot uh, in recent years was the Vikings under cousins, but it wasn't just then it was other times too, but really the, the last two, the two minute drill that we had run at the end of the first half when we had the opportunity uh, often just fell flat. We'd looked very disorganized, uh, head trouble. It looked like, you know, moving and, mm-hmm. and creating an up-tempo game and executing in that way. And the same thing late in the games too. Uh, I think that you, and I think one of the reasons that that happened was because the Vikings didn't emphasize and didn't really practice the up-tempo and that type of aspect of the game enough. The Rams and we talk about the did. wasting time. You know, yeah. why did it take him 23 seconds before he snapped the ball type thing? Yep. Yes, exactly. So uh, you, you, if you looked in the past, in like one thing that comes to mind is like uh, if uh, folks on here remember the, the Buffalo Bills under Jim Kelly in the late 80s mm-hmm. and the early 90s, they ran the K-Gun offense. And that, and that they used up-tempo – uh, like a two-minute drill as their base offense a lot of the times. And we know they went to four Super Bowls, lost them all like the Vikings did, but, but they were, you know, they were one of the, they were basically the, one of the top three teams in the NFL during that era. And the Kagon offense was something that created a huge amount of trouble for opposing offenses or, or sorry, opposing defenses that they faced. Didn't hurt that the Bills had pretty good offensive personnel. Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, oh, Kelly, and on and on it could go. Oh, they were good. But when you when you make the Super Bowl four years in a row, you've got a good squad. 
without a doubt. You got a good squad, but I think that the 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 K gun, the up tempo, the mismatches it created, even made their personnel even better than they were. Mm-hmm. Or and they used they took a look at their personnel and they saw that the up tempo is what uh, we have the personnel to run that. Um, does Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins a K gun kind of guy? I, I don't know, but I mean Kelly is probably slower than than Kirk Cousins was <laughs> as far as mobility goes. I just think yeah, I yeah, but I, I think I, Kelly I, had the clutch gene. Um, yeah, he had. Yeah. He had well, we're not going to get into the atan- intangibles. <laughs> he had some of those intangibles and the big, you know, set of cojones type stuff. When I made this image today, uh, uh Yes, the Bills did have a badass offensive line, Drew. You got that right. When I made this image today, I had to think of Matthew Collar, a friend of the show, friend of mine, who grew up being a diehard Bills fan, and he empathizes with Vikings fans, believe it or not. I know there's a bunch of people out there that can't stand him uh, because of what he writes, but he empathizes with all the Vikings fans because uh, he lived it too. Yeah, I just I'm just hoping that we see that the I would really want to see O'Connell live up to those words at the at the combine presser and and employ tempo. I'm not saying K-gun like as as the base offense, although I wouldn't be against that, but let's use tempo to get the defense off balance uh, and on the defensive and uh, and use that as one of the attacking tools for the Vikings offense in 2022. I think if they do that, we will be uh, very happy with the results that will come out of that. And I think it will improve our two-minute drill in at the end of the first half and any late-game type stuff uh, that we have to do in the second half. And particularly if the Vikings are behind a couple of touchdowns midway through the third quarter or fourth quarter, like you were saying, Dave, even when that happened in the past under Zimmer, there would be no urgency from the Vikings offense to hurry up. They'd still be huddling up, uh, taking the whole clock down to like the last two seconds. And you, as a fan, you're going, what are you doing? We are behind. We need to hurry up and, 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 and like we need to score quickly. And you guys are acting like we have a two-touchdown lead and we want to milk the clock. So a lot of times it didn't make any sense to me. And I'm hoping that O'Connell and this up – Talk about uh, upping the tempo is going to be a regular thing that we see from the Vikings offense in 2022. Mm-hmm. Paul, to answer your question, we don't know. We do know that the Vikings have inquired, however. So, should be interesting. Well, that moves us on to our third topic. But before we get there, I want to remind folks, uh, coming the second day of the draft, and this is April 29th, it's a ways off. The Climbing the Pocket crew will be live from Lake Monster Brewing. They'll be there, set up, a bunch of great beverage, good food, great people. Uh, We'll have people popping in and out of that as we go live for the second round of the draft. It should be fun. Also with Lake Monster, like besides the great memories this brings back to me of darts in the mid-80s over in England, Bouncing back and back and having a good time, throwing darts, getting uh, well lubed up, and chasing women. Hey, all those things that bring back wonderful, you know, ideas, those could be yours at Lake Monster Brewing as well. 
So just join us. <laughs> I just wanted to say a big thank you to Cousins. <laughs> you do that, Stephen. And speaking of which, that moves us into our final section of the day. We're going on to position groups. And today's position groups are the quarterbacks. Don't know why you got Sean Mannion up there. Well, <laughs> technically, he's still on the team until Wednesday. Let's hope not. Let's hope that's as long as it lasts. <laughs> Those are your three, three quarterbacks that are currently under the roster. Sean Mannion comes off Wednesday, but you have Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond, and that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. And yes, this is the uh, we've. I saved the best almost for last, David, when when going through the Vikings positional groups, and and so I, the quarterback position is the second last one. We're going to get to special teams will be the final one, but uh, and of course, like you we'll said, have fun with the kickers and putters on that one. So, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, it's the top priority of any of any NFL football team, and. Uh, Vikings fans know the drill here, right? It's, uh, it, it's all about Kirk Cousins right now. We know uh, we're in a tough spot with him. The $45 million cap hit, the fact that this is the last year of his deal, the fact that he reported, uh, you know, allegedly won't uh, agree to an extension and won't agree to a pay cut. And I'll say something about the pay cut is that it's not on Cousins to take a pay cut. None of us would really want to do that unless we had to. It's well within his rights to say, go pound sand Vikings, even if as fans, we'd like him to do some, uh, something for the betterment for, of the team. But uh, we, as we all know, teams are, will throw away players at the drop of a hat for their betterment. So uh, not going to hold too much against Cousins for wanting to get as much money as he can, especially if that was a contract was signed to pay him that. But that's a, another argument for another day. But still, it's a tough position for the Vikings. And, and what are they going to do about it? And this weekend, we this week we've been seeing the rumors. You talked about some of them, some of them earlier, and a lot of stuff has happened on the QB market that is impacting the Viking the market for Cousins. There was the Rogers extension, which maybe doesn't impact at all that much, but it set a you know it set a bar for what uh, what quarterbacks are going to be making. I think you had the huge Russell Wilson trade to the Broncos mm -hmm. where the Broncos gave up a boatload of stuff, uh, almost Herschel Walker, like as far as the package that the Broncos gave to Seattle to get Russell Wilson. And then you got the Carson Wentz trade, which was kind of the other side of the coin. Uh, I think that, you know, there's for Vikings fans, if you're trading cousins, you want to get the deal that the Seahawks got for Russell right. Wilson. But the reality is you're probably now looking at you're going to get something. The Wentz, the Wentz haul that that the, the commanders gave up to the Colts is probably more likely where that's – I think that's closer uh, yeah, to cost what cost-wise where it's, it's probably going to end up. Uh, that's – Kirk is better than Wentz. By far, so, so seventeen million dollars more expensive. Expensive, and the yes. Colts had a bit. 
the Colts had a better year last year than we, the Vikings mm-hmm. did, even though uh, Wentz did not have the same year as, as Cousins did. And teams are going to look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh Ted Glover, one of our friends, uh, you know, and he he and Drew do the Vikings report. One of those shows that, along with this one, should be a must-watch for you if right. you're a Vikings Comes fan. out on Saturdays uh, uh, around Saturdays. noonish, somewhere in there. Yep, is one and of their. Ted two, nailed two. this. Mm-hmm. Ted nailed this when when earlier in the week when there was discussions about, okay, well. Cousins has got to be the top guy now that Wilson's gone. And how come we can't get 25 first rounders for him and all this stuff. But Ted mentioned was that, Hey, now look at it. If you're another team, you got cousins. He's only got one year left in his deal. It's 45 million. He's, he's said, if you're trading for him, uh, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to get him to take a pay cut. Uh, you, and you're going to have to, if you want, if you're giving up a lot, you've got to be confident that that he's a the guy, and b that you can sign him for an extension at your price. Mm-hmm. And Cousins is is a, supposedly asking forty five million after yeah. the Rogers deal. Cousins wants, from what I've been told, uh, wants forty five million per. Now this year he's getting thirty five. Now mm-hmm. over because part of that bonus is the ten million that we add on to it because it got pushed out. Over his last contract, he made thirty three and a third million per year APR over the last three years, average. Right? He wants forty five million on average for his next contract. That's a twenty six percent pay raise. I would love a twenty six percent pay raise, and I'm retired. So, um, from any real work, there is, <laughs> I, I just can't see a 26% pay raise for a guy that is 500 and has only gotten to you, you know, to the playoffs once. That just, that blows my mind. But because of the market and the demand and hopefully some, not so wise coaches on other teams. They'll look at him and go, yes, I can fix it. I can use that. I can, you know, excel. And by all means, go right ahead. Do it. Go for you. I wish you the best. Colts, if you go on and win a whole bunch of games, I'm happy for you. But please, you know, second or third this year and the first next year, I'm cool with that. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Or if we're, what I'm a what my fear is, Dave's biggest fear, is we're going to be stuck holding the bag. And I know Ted has talked to me about this offline. He's afraid we're going to be stuck with him for next year. We're going to pay out his contract. It's going to take the $45 million cap hit. He's going to get his $35 million. And at the end of the season, he's going to go, see ya. I'm going to go make $45 million someplace else. And we get nothing. Basically nothing for him. Yeah, that is the big fear. And, uh, and if you... Just to throw out some numbers about Cousins here, and um, is he's here's his averages in the four years he's been with the Vikings. He's averaged 4,100 yeah, 4, yards per season, 31 TDs, nine mm-hmm. interceptions, and a 68% percentage, percent completion percentage. Right. Now, Vikings fans who remember when we had Brad Johnson as the as the backup QB or the starting QB, Tavares Jackson, Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater, those guys couldn't even throw for three thousand yards in the year. If you told a Vikings fan 
that we were going to have a starting quarterback for four years who would average those numbers that I just rattled off for mm-hmm. Cousins, they'd say, bro, we're going to the Super Bowl and winning <laughs> it. And yet after four years, like you said, you've got uh, we've we've gone to one playoff game. Play, we've had one playoff appearance in four years, and we won one playoff game. That's it with Cousins, and that is in the end. That's the bottom line for the mm-hmm. NFL. And uh, again, yeah, are you paying forty five million for a five hundred, you know, a five hundred quarterback? I don't think so. But if you look at it from, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, the way things are going now, with the way the market has gone, unless something happens. I'm kind of getting the vibe that the Vikings are going to roll with Cousins this year and see how it works. And if you're looking at it from O'Connell's side of things, it sort of makes sense because if, in a way, we don't like it, but he's probably looking at the Matt Stafford thing and he's saying, you know, similar thing. They got Stafford last year. Here was a guy who had great numbers at Detroit, but there was always questions about whether he elevated the team and boom, he gets traded to the Rams, much different roster than Detroit, mind you, but he gets traded to the Rams, they win a Super Bowl. And I think O'Connell and maybe even Quasi Adolfo Mensa think that if we can do what we did with Stafford with Kirk Cousins, I don't agree with that, but I think that's what they're thinking, especially when they're the reported asking price that four cousins that Quasi Adolfo Mensa is looking for, like a couple of number ones, mm-hmm. teams are not willing to match that. So again, oh, no. if you, you don't want to give Kirk Cousins for 25 cents on the dollar, you got a guy who's got a strong baseline of play. You're expecting with a new coaching staff and a rejigged roster that things are going to be a bit different. And maybe the results are different than what they were the past four years. But I don't, I know what I want the Vikings to do. I don't think the Vikings are going to do what I want them to do. And that is the, um, I want the Vikings to, to me, Kirk Cousins is the third pillar of the temple of the Vikings temple of gloom. And I want that third pillar to be gone, but I'm afraid that the Vikings are not going to get rid of the third pillar. Hey, I'm a, I'm afraid you're correct. Uh, we got Andrew saying Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Yes, Andrew, Joe Flacco did with a combination of a generational defense, and he got hot at the end of the season. Cousins does tend not to get tends not to get hot at the end of the season. He tends to get hot at the beginning of the season for Kirk Tember or Kirk Tober, and then he then his performances tail off. Um, Joseph, I agree, and I said that. The Rams team was built, and they added Stafford, who was a very nice addition to that. Mm-hmm. And then they added Vaughn Miller this season and even helped it out even more. But that doesn't mean that Kevin O'Connell, if he's as confident in his abilities uh, as he appears in public, that doesn't mean that Kevin O'Connell doesn't think that he can work magic with, with Kirk Cousins. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so... Sometimes coaches are their own worst enemies in what they think they can do with players. Um, and they may feel that if they up, they improve the offensive line, give Cousins the best protection he's ever had, and you still got Justin Jefferson and some other weapons that that the offense can really hum and be a top 10, top 5 offense, and the defense won't be as bad as it was the past two years. And then you've got a much better team, mm-hmm. like you say. And if Kirk and Cousins gets super hot, like he was in September this year, and he's super hot at the end of the year. You can go on a run like you had with Flacco 
uh, or even this year with Stafford uh, in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think it's likely, but I can see how a coach would think that. The And like you said, David, uh, uh, it, the, we're talking all about Cousins here, and he does dominate the quarterback position. But as I said earlier, the other part of this, once we get rid of Mannion, is uh, the Vikings, this coaching staff has to really come up with a plan for Kellen Mond. We have to see what this young man can do. His rookie year was basically a waste, I think, both for Mond <laughs> and for the Vikings. They did not learn jack shit about this guy, and they didn't develop him properly, and they need to do that because if he's going to be the backup quarterback, uh, we've got to – We've got to be confident that he can handle that position uh, in case Cousins, for the first time in his career, misses significant time. It, it happens to all quarterbacks at some point. Happened to Russell Wilson last year with the with the finger thumb injury. Mm-hmm. Even he'd been so. You, you need a capable backup. The Vikings have not had that for the, the last three four years, basically since Case Keenum, and they need a plan to develop Kellamond and and see if. He can be the be confident he can be the backup next year, so we have a good backup in case Cousins misses time, and also to see if he can be the eventual starter, maybe in, even in 2023, or at least find out that he isn't the starter, and then we come up with a plan to get the starter for 2023. And maybe that even maybe that even means this year the Vikings. If you look, maybe we even look at drafting in, at 12 a quarterback. Say if Malik Willis is there. He's mm-hmm. about the most intriguing guy to me, and I think you agree, David. I agree on that, with that. As far as 100%. talent goes, that guy is that guy is off the charts with his athleticism. But if you're looking at the way the the NFL draft order is going on right now, uh, who needs a quarterback before the Vikings pick at number twelve? Detroit, but I don't know if they'd pick a quarterback in. They're slated, I think, to go number two right now. Right. I don't know if they'd be want to want to pick a guy that. This, that this group of QBs yeah. that that high. And then Carolina, if they get Watson, they'll be off the table. Seattle, maybe if they get Watson, then they wouldn't be looking for a and They're supposedly pushing for Watson as well. Mm-hmm. So depending on those are the only the three teams I really see looking for a QB before the Vikings pick. And I don't really think that Detroit is going to pick a quarterback with it at the, with this class that early. So I think really it's Carolina and Seattle you'd have to look at and I think one of them possibly probably is going to get make a big charge for Watson and maybe get him in which case you've only got one before the Vikings that really is looking for a quarterback and maybe they like Pickett more than or Matt Coral or somebody else more than Willis mm-hmm. um, in Jonas which case the Vikings says possibly Atlanta as well and welcome to the show Jonas I saw you earlier for those who don't know Jonas is part of the climbing the pocket team and he hails and lives in Germany, part of our international crowd, just like all the Canadian fans, Australian fans, uh, Brazilian uh, fans that we've got to right. talk today. Jonathan out there. Mm-hmm. So, but, we appreciate but the quarterback position all about all about Kirk Cousins right now and the development of Kellen Mond. Really, uh, we need a plan for Mond and. Uh, we need the plan on Cousins to get executed and quickly, uh-huh. <laughs> because. Uh, but but we are gonna we're gonna find out what that plan is, or, or you know, in the next week. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's almost a it's a must. So we shall see. Um, 
Nobel Prize, War Prize talking about not drafting a pick in the first round. We'll see. The If you looked at the, let me pull it up real quick, at the thumbnail for the show. I have on there, uh, we have Tavares Jackson, right? <laughs> I picked it for two reasons. One, the expression of, come on, sideline, you know, Vikings, done anything yet? Where are we going? And the second one is, who was the last quarterback that we took in the second round in the draft? It's Tavares Jackson. Yep. The, uh, what did Chili call him? The uh, something of clay? He was like, he said he was like a something of clay. Chili was going to mold him into like mm-hmm. a uh, like a premier starting quarterback. And oh, and he had some tools. skills. I, his arm was, yeah. was amazing. He could throw a ball. Yeah. Was it on target every time? Not necessarily, but he could throw a football. I, I watched him throw 75 yards, you know, in the air. Boom, that's an artillery shell. And it's like, damn. But did he put it all together? No. Did he win us a playoff game? Yes. Um, out of all those people, Brad Johnson... Tavares Jackson, Ponder, uh, Keenum, Teddy, they all won playoff games. Kirk's won a playoff game. One in four years. One. <laughs> Let's stress that again. One. One. But, hey, T-Jack a good comp for Willis. It's it possibly as a building block. I think Willis is a little bit more advanced, but athletic-wise, I wouldn't see why not, how you could not do that. That's a good comp. Um, Cunningham more Mon-like than Cousins. Um, uh, hopefully Mond is athletic, relatively athletic. We'll find out. But we need somebody to groom him, somebody to develop him, and hopefully Kevin O'Connell and his new staff will do just that. At least we get to see who we have, what his skills and what he is. And I saw Troy Williams sitting there. Yes, we would have won that. Oh, I couldn't believe that throw and how it went through his hands. Oh, that just irritated me to no end. But, yes, you, Troy Williams and you can't you teach speed. Like Tyson said. Well, Moore also fumbled the ball at the goal line in that game in the, on the first drive. It cost the Vikings seven points as well. Let's not forget that. Yep. That was a game Peterson got suspended for the first series for we don't know. <laughs> they started Moel Day Moore. That's right. That's right. Um, B. Young, I'm all for that. If that goes, I do love him as a football player. I question his uh, deal as a human being, but I do know that people can be falsely accused. So um, as a football player, heck yes, he would generate wins. And I'd be all for that because, in all reality, that's what I care about. I don't need a team full of Boy Scouts. I want a winning football team. I want a Super Bowl win before I die. And as you can see, my beard is gray enough. Um, So, (laughs) that's what it is. Any last words there, Darren? Looking forward to the next five uh, till we get to Wednesday, David, to see what the Vikings do about 
their issues. Uh, again, I, we said this last week on the show, but uh, and I thought there'd be a bit more moving than than just uh, McGill <laughs> returning to the Vikings, at least for now. But uh, you know, we thought we'd know about we were. I thought we'd know a bit more about what the Vikings roster was going to look like in 2022 and what the vision was for uh, the Vikings with O'Connell and Quasi Adofamensa. We, we haven't found out much about that. I'm not sure, not from lacking trying on their end, but this week, pretty confident. Uh, and like you said, they have to get cap compliant and they're certainly going to target some free agents. And we think we know what some of those are uh, like Corbett and a few others. And, so it's going to be an exciting week for Viking fans. As I said, uh, also, you need to steel yourself that some players that you may really love and want the Vikings to keep may not be a Viking in about a week's time, much like what happened to Stefan Diggs right. a couple of years ago. Uh, Less than a week, uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just really waiting and anxious to see what Kwesi Adolfo Mensa uh, and uh, – has up his sleeve for shaping this Vikings roster for 2022 because we've been talking so much about theoreticals. Now we got to see some action and see some reality. Uh Uh, Supreme train that has been talked about. There's possible three-way trade. Um, I even heard it this morning. Cousins to Colts, Watson to us, and then something from the Colts to Texans. Some, some, you know, mixed up deal. We don't know. We won't know until it happens. And between now and then, and I've been glancing over at Twitter on my left shoulder, um, until that happens, Climbing the Pocket is watching uh, Twitter. We've got people on the, on the, on the web 24-7. If something breaks, we're going to bring it to you. So and uh, we're, we can discuss it. Yeah or nay, good or bad, whatever it is. We can discuss it. Hopefully it happens sooner than later, because if it happens later, it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff stuffed into Tuesday and Wednesday. But we'll go for it. And you can discuss it over a Lake Monster brew, David. You got that right, buddy. Good memories brings back good memories. You can generate good, uh, brand new memories and uh, far superior to just about anything I've had in a long time. So I want to thank Matthew Lang, who sent this to me, one of the owners of Lake Monster Brewing. Buddy, you rock. The beer rocks. I, you know, it, it brings back my days stationed at RAF Fairford in England. I love it. Dude, keep it up. Keep up the great work. And until then, what do we say? Great. Skull Vikings. Great optimism by King Kong there. We're the Vikings. <laughs> Nothing will go right. We may have been fed for a while. Let's go, Vikings, everyone. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.